On today's Locked On Canadians, should the Habs target Trevor Zegers? You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 922. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm not joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Scott Matla. He has the night off, but we've got a lot of fun bonus content planned for you in the coming weeks, and as always, he will be back for our three-up, three-down next week. And I want to start off by thanking you all for making this your first listen of the day every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, um, and we cover the Montreal Canadiens literally five days a week. And we talk about all aspects, whether it's a fun thing, whether it's an analytical thing, whether we have guests. Um, so please make sure you're subscribed to our show um, and follow us on social media. Today's Friday which means that we have our weekly mailbag and you can ask any Habs related questions, hockey related questions. You can even ask life or food questions um, and you can direct them to us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com or you can leave them in the YouTube comments with the words mailbag at the beginning so that we know that you want us to uh, cover that question on the mailbag episode. Uh, You can also DM us or uh, 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 tag us on uh, the app formerly known as Twitter. We are at LO underscore Canadians there. I'm going to get right into the mailbag uh, because I did receive a question about Trevor Zegers. In fact, I received a couple of questions about Trevor Zegers. Um, So let me get right into the mailbag with that. All right. So there are two questions here. One comes from Carl M. Hello, Montreal has at, it has At the 2024 draft, they have a spare second, third, fifth, and seventh round pick. And in 2025, they have a spare first, second, third, and fourth round pick. Plus, there are players like Farrell, Leah Sanderson, uh, Zimino, uh, sorry, Simino. Oh my God, Xavier Simino. I combined his name. I I got out with uh, Zimino. That's going to be his new name. I'm sorry. That's how it's going to work. Jaden Struble, you know, William Trudeau, Norlinder, Primo. I think that now would be the time to make a package of players and prospects and send it to Anaheim for Trevor Zegers. I know Montreal is still rebuilding, but if they did make this trade now, they could sign Zegers for probably the same money as Caulfield and Suzuki. Waiting until next year, when the cap goes up, only makes players more expensive. So this is a question from Carl M. I'm also going to talk... um, uh, uh, I'm also going to uh, read a question also related to Trevor Zegers from uh, Jer on YouTube. Mailbag question. Should Kent explore the possibility of offersheeting Trevor Zegers if the Ducks are really considering to give him $4 million? So let me give you a little bit of context. I think it was Renaud Lavoie a couple of days ago that reported that the Anaheim Ducks were offering uh, Trevor Zegers a three-year deal worth $4 million a year. That's a lowball. Um, and since that came out, obviously the rumor mill has been over in overdrive. And obviously every hockey fan of every other hockey team has been trying to see if their team or has been trying to speculate on whether their 
team management can make a Trevor Zegers trade or offer sheet happen? So there's a couple ways that you could theoretically go about this. We got one question about packaging picks or players for a trade. We got another question about literally offer sheeting him. I think an offer sheet is a tough one. Montreal has been involved in a couple of offer sheets <laughs> in the last little while. Um, obviously, neither of them really panned out uh, or gave the team any kind of advantage in any way. So I don't think that that's really the route to go. You also have to make sure that you have your own draft picks, depending on what you offer Trevor Zegers. There's many layers to it, right? Depending on how much the contract is worth, you will have to give up um, certain round, um, certain play picks in, in each round, um, increasingly as the value of the contract goes up. And the Canadians might want that flexibility. Uh, they are stockpiling draft picks like crazy, and they have a lot of picks in 2024 and a lot in 2025 already. And we, the season hasn't even started uh, in 2023. So I think the Canadians do have that sort of pick flexibility. Um, they have that option to offer sheet and lose the picks. But I think the preferable option would be to trade with Anaheim and then sign Trevor Zegers to a deal that's more suited to his needs. Now, Trevor Zegers is a star player. He's got a huge like he's already proven a lot in the NHL. He has highlight reel goals all the time. Uh, he's also uh, played with uh, Cole Caulfield. Um, they seem to be very, very best friends and uh, very, very bro-y, I guess. Uh, big fans of each other. Um, he definitely is a player that anyone would want on their team. Um, and the Anaheim Ducks seem to be lowballing him if, and Renault Love was a very plugged in individual. Um, most of the time, if not all of the time, the information that he provides is completely accurate. He's not one to make rumors up and he's not one necessarily to be fooled by sources who have something to gain from him. So I do trust that information. I do think that maybe it was even the opening offer, but it's been, you know, we're, we're in September right now. We're about to hit October. Literally, there's a couple of days left in September. There's two days left in September. We're about to hit October. And Trevor Zegers is unsigned. Now, I'm entirely sure that as soon as I post this episode, Anaheim and Trevor Zegers are going to work out, work out a deal. But in the meantime, it's fun for me to speculate. Um, and the fact that they haven't reached a deal means that um, the player is not being offered what he feels he's worth. And to be fair, like if I were Trevor Zegers, I'd want more money locked up for a longer time. Looks like, and this is the thing, there's a huge risk to what Anaheim is doing because this could end up to being one of those bridge deals that costs you more in the long run. And I want to go back to Carlem's point where if they wait until the end of this year or if they wait, like it's going to make all players more expensive and that includes Trevor Zegers. He's only, he's only, you know, he's only 22 years old. He's got nowhere to go but up. He hasn't even hit his prime yet and he's this good. I think it's a risk to wait, obviously. So if you're the Canadians and you want, to pull, you want to pull the trigger, I think you do it by sending picks and prospects Anaheim's way. Is Anaheim interested in what Montreal has to offer? We don't know. Like, I truly don't know what's going on down there and what they're trying to figure out and what they're trying to do. Um, I don't think it's a great sign that it's leaked that Trevor Zegers is only being offered $4 million a year. Um, and, you know, I mean... I wouldn't go so far as to call it humiliating. I think it's just negotiating. Like I saw a couple of people cover it and say this was a humiliating offer. I think it's just negotiating and they started with a low ball. 
um, and with the effort, with the intention to try and keep the price down. Uh, but personally, if I were Trevor Zegers, that's not, you know, I wouldn't play ball. I wouldn't even pick up the phone at that amount. So I also think that if you're the Anaheim Ducks, you really, like, again, what, what are they doing, right? What are they doing? They passed on Adam Fantilli. So I really have no idea how that organization is making their decisions. Um, so you don't have Adam Fantilli. And then you decide that you don't need Trevor Zegers. I don't think that's, that's going to work out really well for you. You're really going to need some prospects coming back their way. And I personally, unfortunately, don't think that the Canadians have a single prospect there that's going to go back the other way that is going to be valued at that level. So they're going to have to put together a package and it's got to be attractive. It can't just be one prospect and a pick. It's got to be high pick and it's got to be multiple picks and it's got to be at least one prospect that they think have has incredible upside. So from my perspective, if you are Kent Hughes, you make the phone call, you, you know, you shoot the texts, you try and suss out uh, what's going on. You want to see who else is interested. You want to see really if there is a market, if he is being shopped, if this low ball is just a negotiating tactic, you want to do all of that. You do your homework if you're Kent Hughes. But at the end of the day, as much as I want it to happen, I'm thinking that Anaheim is probably going to smarten up at some point and Trevor Zegers is going to sign there. I don't see him being traded elsewhere. I truly don't. He's one of the, he's a very dynamic, captivating player. So it's not just that he's skilled, it's that he puts on a show. Um, and that's something you need to get butts and seats. And that's something that Anaheim needs. So I really, really don't see them doing this, obviously. But if you're Kent Hughes, if you're any GM in the league and you hear about this low ball offer or whatever it is, or you, you even hear that they're having trouble coming to an agreement, you make those phone calls, you do that homework, you see if Trevor Zegers is going to be available to you. So that was a whole lot talking about Trevor Zegers. Um, and there's still plenty more coming up on today's episode. There's tons of mailbag questions, such as somebody suggested moving a couple of the Canadians' most highly hyped and touted prospects to forward. Uh, and we'll get into that in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Need fresh groceries for the week, but don't have time to go to the store? Try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You've been trusting DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites. And now what you're going to do is you're going to be able to get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. There's thousands of stores to choose from. You can find the best one that's in your neighborhood. You can also boost your local economy with each and every order. And you're going to get exactly what you ordered or DoorDash will make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you're the one who picked them yourself. I mean, for me, I'm always like, this is why I've been hesitant to try delivery companies because I want to be able to pick things myself. And I don't like when, you know, there's a substitution that's not um, the to the quality or degree that I wanted. So what you can do is you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a zero delivery fee on all eligible orders with DashPass membership. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKED at checkout. It's a limited time, it's a limited time offer and terms apply. That's 50% off 
up to $20 with no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKED. Don't forget, that's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, let's get into some more mailbag questions. I've prepped them all and I didn't really know which order to go in. So I'm just going to go for it. We've got one from our good friend Doghouse who's been listening for a long time um, and had actually a couple of really interesting discussion points that we can turn into episodes in the near future. But I wanted to talk real quick about the mailbag question for this week. There are two actually. My mailbag question, given how well the Haves organization does with ceremonies, don't you think they will have a great night this season for Paul Byron? I think so. And I did want to bring this up uh, because we got an email from John M. as well about best Paul Byron memories. And I had been talking about the goal against Toronto, but the dude rescued someone from a plane crash. And this was a couple of years ago. I want to say it was in 2022. It was in 2021. Um, he was in the Laurentians. It was in the summer. I think it was July. Um, and somebody uh, crashed their seaplane <laughs> uh, into the water. And Paul Byron was there with, I think, a friend, his father-in-law or the friend's father-in-law. It was, a, it was a group of men that helped out this plane crash survivor, rescued them from the water, got them out of the plane, brought them to safety. Um, and... The best part about all of this is not that Paul Byron was involved in this rescue, but he specifically went on Twitter right after or once people were hearing, heard about it and were talking about it. And he wanted to clarify that he wasn't the one who did the rescue. It was the other people that were present doing the heavy lifting. And that's just the most Paul Byron thing ever. I really wanted to bring that up in, um, in tandem with Doghouse's question. And here's the thing. I think they'll honor him for sure because Paul Byron, even though he wasn't, you know, he's not going to go down in history as one of the Montreal Canadiens greats on the ice. He is somebody who embodied the spirit of being a Montreal Canadian, of understanding what it means to be a leader in the community, of understanding how to bring your personality and how to bring your leadership to every single game, no matter what, no matter how tired you were, no matter how injured you were. No matter, you know, even if he wasn't playing, he was there to provide leadership and motivation to his teammates. And what more could you ask for, really? So I think the Canadians will definitely do something to honor him. And I think, honestly, it's going to give all of us the feels and we're going to have, we're going to, we're going to cry. There's going to be tears. All right. So I wanted to get back into the other mailbag questions. Um, And this one comes from Paul Kay. And Uh, I like this. This is my first question ever. So what are your thoughts on moving Logan Mayu or Lane Hudson to the forward? I think one or both could be interesting because they seem to like to be in the play and both could play wing. See this as a line. Mayu, Doc, Hudson. This is interesting. Like, I love this idea. And I really do like the idea of converting certain offensive uh, defenseman into forwards, but I don't want to do it too often. I think out of the two of these players, if the Canadians were ever to try one of them at forward, it would definitely be Lane Hudson because I think the difference between Lane Hudson and Logan Mayu, Logan, Logan Mayu is like a very fast skater and he's got great hands, right? 
but his hockey sense is not going to match up with that of a guy like Kirby Doc. It's simply not. And he's not necessarily the kind of person who uh, creates or generates offense. He's really fast. He's really he's he's got the skills. He's got those like tangible skills. Um, but the the I guess the more intangible skills that you talk about, like the decision making, you know, uh, the creativity, the uh, gener like the generation of offense, like that's the kind of stuff that you have with uh, Lane Hudson. He's also got really great awareness of positioning um, and creating space. And he would be phenomenal on the wing of someone and helping them generate. I don't necessarily know if you'd play him with, with Kirby Doc, but that's a very intriguing prospect. I think with uh, Lane Hudson, he needs somebody who's going to be able to receive um, the, the creativity uh, with which he creates like chances and things like that, but also somebody that can return that in exchange because he definitely, um, he's not afraid to feed off of other people, to receive a pass, to really complete a play, um, to work off of other people's buildup. Like, I think that's something that um, Lane Hudson has much more of in terms of strength than um, Logan Mayu. But Logan Mayu certainly has the speed um, and the ability to keep up that you definitely want from one of your top lines. I just find that he's much better suited to defense. And he you know, he had a phenomenal year last year. Um, and I think right now they need to work on building that and they really need to work on building his... his like I don't know if this thing would want to call it awareness. Um, it's more the in-game decision-making, the in-game choices that he makes um, that I want to see more of, that I want to see them cultivate a little bit, bit better. It's interesting to like try and put them both, at, you know, up front, but I definitely think that if, if you have to choose either one, you're going to choose Lane Hudson. And I do think that they're both in the long run, five years from now, they're still going to be defensemen. Um, I don't necessarily see this as, you know, as a bad thing, as a negative thing, but I really love this idea. Like it's, it's, or even if it's, if it's a situation where Lane Hudson once in a while plays it forward, because, you know, you know, there's going to be injuries. It is the Montreal Canadiens. Injuries are almost synonymous with who they are right now. Uh, but I think down the line, it would be really interesting to see them at least try, even if it's just in practices or preseason. But out of the two of them, I think it's much more likely that Lane Hudson would be that person. Also, the size thing is huge, right? Like Logan May is much bigger than he is. Um, so, you know, it makes sense that they would want to keep him on the back end. Uh, but I do like this idea. And I, I like, you know, keep these, keep these ideas coming. Let's talk about them. Let's see. Um, but the other situation, too. And I'm going to read this question, but I kind of want to re-bring it up at some point with prospect experts. Um, and it's uh, it's also a defenseman question. Um, so here. Okay, so this one comes from Jack Eye Face, Face Punch, which is a great name. Um, and it's on YouTube. People keep asking about which defenseman may get traded or who's expend expendable. Instead of playing it safe, no offense, rather than saying who has to go, could you list just seven defensemen in the system worth keeping to build a competitive yet affordable decor going forward? Please include current players and prospects expected to become regulars. So this one is not just a mailbag question. It is an entire episode question. So there's like right now I have three ideas that have been generated from listeners that we're going to tackle in the coming uh, days, you know, on off days when there's no um, when there's no game. 
Um, I just wanted to read that question and get people thinking. Um, and I like that you said play it safe. No offense. I was the one that was playing it safe for sure when you asked the question or somebody like multiple people asked the question um, in previous mailbags. I definitely was the one playing it safe. Um, so good call out there. Uh, but um, it's something that's really interesting. And I don't think I like I don't want to be the only one to discuss it. I want there to be Scott as well. And I want to turn it into a full episode. Let's talk about who's tr who's likely to become regulars. Let's talk about who's got value for trade. Let's talk about who becomes expendable. Let's talk about all of that and then pick the seven players of the seven defensive players of the Canadians future together. So that's coming up. Um, it'll come up either early next week or a little bit later in the lull between preseason games. Um, so check that out. But in the meantime, we have more mailbag questions for right now. And that's all coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. All right, let's get into some more mailbag questions. We've covered Trevor Zegras, we've covered, you know, um, the defenseman, we've covered Paul Byron. We actually got another question from Doghouse, which I love. Um, speaking of celebrations, have you started to think about how to celebrate your 1000th episode? It will come up this season, I believe. We are actually less than 80. I think we're 78 episodes away from the 1,000 episodes. We do have a dream guest for it. We've been working on this guest for two and a half years and nothing's happened. So we're not really sure if we're going to be able to make it happen. But we have a few actually dream guests lined up. Um, and I will we'll reveal it only after we've recorded it. Because even if we land the person... It's going to feel too good to be true until it happens. But thank you for that question. And if you guys have any suggestions for celebrating our 1000th episode, please feel free to send them over to us. We've got a question from ParJF, I think it is, on YouTube. If Joshua Raw makes it to and sticks with the big club this season, should he get a sponsorship deal from a Wawa? And also, should Wawa expand to Montreal? So... What is Wawa? Wawa is a Pennsylvania-based, I think it's Pennsylvania, uh, that's the one where I've seen the most, in the Philadelphia area, uh, convenience, chain of convenience store. So it's like usually at a gas station, uh, but you'll see them everywhere. And it's not just a convenience store, it's got like, it's got like food and, and things like that. It's got a cafe and things like that. And the answer to the question is, yes, he should get a sponsorship deal from Wawa. So that I can have a Wawa here in Montreal. I love that place. I don't want to like start into the Wawa versus Sheets versus I can't remember what the other one is. There's like a Pennsylvania Civil War going on with which gas station convenience store is a better one. But Wawa is definitely superior. It's basically like think about if like, you know, there's a coffee chain that's synonymous with a hockey player's name here in Canada. Um, and it's not exactly delicious. Uh, again, I'm not naming it. I don't want to get sued. But it's generally on the disappointing side. Wawa is what it aspires to be. It's got delicious lunch. It's got delicious, like their pumpkin spice is better than every, everywhere else. Um, they're, you know, th like whenever I take road trips, I get really excited when I see a Wawa. And even if I don't need to stop, I don't need to go to the washroom. I'm not hungry. I don't need a coffee. I will make it a point to stop at a Wawa and get myself a treat. There's sandwiches. There's, there's so much stuff. Like Wawa is fantastic. And that's why I would like for Joshua Rott to get a sponsorship deal from them so that I can have a Wawa in Montreal. So, you know, Wawa, call us. 
Uh, and let's get started because uh, I'd be really excited to have one that I can drive to without having to go seven hours. Um, I'm going to get into the remaining mailbag questions. Um, I love this one. This one is from Baden uh, on Twitter. Hey, first time reaching out, long time listener. Maybe for the mailbag or maybe for just discussion, could Montreal take on Mathieu Joseph from Ottawa? If so, what would you like to see in return? Ottawa must be desperate at this point to make something happen. And how could we make this work? Armia to Laval, would that work? Let me know what you think. So I think the Montreal Canadiens right now um, aren't entirely decided on what to do with Armia. I'm just looking up Mathieu Joseph's uh, contract because I think this is an intriguing idea. And you were not the only one. We've had multiple listeners um, and also just, you know, being uh, reading um, uh, Habs fan opinions. He's somebody that uh, people do covet. Um, personally, I was so depressed when he went to, I mean, it was hard enough watching him in Tampa Bay beating Montreal. Um, but seeing him in Ottawa, like that hurts. Um, as you know, he is a Montreal Canadiens or he's a Montreal native or Chambly. He's from Chambly. I thought he was from Pancour for some reason. Anyway, um, and he makes almost $3 million. Um, 26 years old and he's fantastic. He is honestly a player that is great for the Canadiens depth. The Canadians right now don't have cap space for him. Um, that is, that I, I like the Armia suggestion, um, but Montreal is going to have to give something up. And also, do we know if Michael Andlauer or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say the owner, really. Um, I'm not sure where Dorian is in, in terms of independence. Um would he want to help a division rival, even if the division rival is like the team that he's been a lifelong fan of? Is this the kind of decision a GM would have to, you know, go over with the new owner? Does the new owner, is, is he that kind of guy who wants to be kept, you know, informed of every decision, who wants a part of every decision? Or is he going to be hands off and let the GM do his thing? Is the GM still going to be the GM? I don't know. How would Montreal make this work? Right now, they would have to give up a lot to Ottawa because Ottawa needs help in terms of they have a very small window, as uh, Scott and I talked about in a previous episode a couple of days ago. Um, they really need to go for it now because what's going to happen is as your Toronto and your Tampa um, sort of take a backslide, as your Boston, which we've been hoping for a long time and they just refuse to die, as those teams that have traditionally been at the top of the Atlantic standings, um, start to take a backslide, you're going to see the Buffaloes and the Detroits emerge. Um, and if Montreal's rebuild goes according to plan, who's going to be the odd one out there? That's why. Um, and Florida is like a constant, Florida is constantly, I think, threatening to like knock you out of a playoff spot, essentially, in the next couple of years. Like that's what it's going to be like. They're going to be the wild card. They're going to steal your playoff spot at the last minute. So Ottawa really needs to go for it. Um, they really, really need to make playoff runs now so what can the canadians give up to make play playoff runs now a whole lot they've got a whole lot of players that could be great as part of a cup running uh, a cup run team but do they want to give that up to ottawa will ottawa like i just and also is matthew joseph worth that much like as much as i would want him on the montreal canadians i don't think that i want the montreal canadians to give up all that much for him this was very rambly um, and I did not answer the 
Yoel Armia part at all. I don't know what the Canadians are going to do with Yoel Armia, but I don't think Laval is an option really for them. Um, we've got a question from Kyle. With the shakiness of the defense, does Reinbacher start in the NHL this year? The answer is no, simply because there's a lot of other defensemen on the depth chart that need a look. And if you have the option to send Reinbacher back to Europe um, and have him play there and continue to hone his skills there while you see who fits in that logjam, um, or sorry, who, while you see who fits in the NHL, like who out of that defensive prospect logjam they have, who's going to fit in the AHL or NHL. Once they see what they have, I think they will be able to better, they will be in a better position to bring Reinbacher back um, and have him play in the NHL. I think right now it's too early simply because they have other decisions they need to make before they get there. If there's just too many defensive prospects they need to try out. And it might be more worth it to have David Reinbacher play a bigger role in Europe than have him be on the depth here in Montreal. Um, and again, you know, we're penciling him in with Lane Hudson and Lane Hudson isn't ready either. So I think um, I think it's a it's not a big chance, but it's you know, it's a good luxury to have. Like the Canes have so many defensemen that they need to try out. So um I think at the end of the day, we're not going to see him in the NHL. It's true. The defense is shaky, but they're going to solve that with more defensive prospects. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but it will be really exciting if, it, if they did do that. Uh, all right. And then finally, our good friend, Ryan Lee. If you had to write a tweet explainer on hockey for Swifties that started to watch the sport because Taylor Swift started to date a hockey player, how would that tweet go? <laughs> so uh, I guess it was Monday or Sunday night. It, at some point earlier this week, um, Taylor Swift was seen at a hockey game cheering on a football player that I don't know if she's confirmed or rumored to be dating. Um, and the Taylor Swift fandom um, decided that they wanted to learn about football and watch football. I mean, she is the most famous woman in the world almost. So I don't think that, you know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but let's say she was caught dating a hockey player and people suddenly had curiosity about hockey. How would I summarize it? Um, I would, my tweet would say, all right, you're going to start with um, a bunch of players on knife shoes, trying to go really fast um, and trying to avoid concussions. You've got the objective of the game is to get the puck in the net. All the goalies are insane. Um, and you can check body check people, which basically just means slamming your entire body into them. Um, that's not actually true, but it, that's what it looks like. You're also allowed to fight in certain circumstances, but you're going to get a penalty for them anyway. Um, and essentially, it's about skating really fast, trying not to get, in, trying not to get injured, and also trying to avoid being offside. That was not a great explanation. I'm going to work on that and come back to you guys with a better tweet uh, for that scenario. In the meantime, thank you all for listening. This is the end of the mailbag episode. Please do not forget to subscribe. Tell your friends, subscribe on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. We're available literally everywhere. Um, on formerly Twitter, we are at LO underscore Canadians. We're also, um, we also accept uh, questions for the mailbag. LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can also tweet them. Uh, sorry, you can also post them in the YouTube comments. Uh, just put mailbag 
question at the beginning of your comments so we know you want it for the mailbag. I want to thank everyone for listening and we will talk to you on Monday.